Welcome everybody to the lab. My name's Ryan Rivers, and Kate Holiday is here with me. Hi. We <laughs> we uh we dig in and dissect all sorts of all sorts of stuff here on the lab. Um, <laughs> the weekly lab at gmail.com sure is how to get a hold of us. So shoot us an email to weeklylab at gmail.com. Yeah. Speaking of which, just not to cut you off, Duck Tour, if you're listening, you're ghosting me. I'm waiting for your response eagerly. Go on. Eagerly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening via shortwave radio out of uh, Miami, Florida on WRMI, send us an email. We'll get you a QSL card in the mail. Uh, you can also uh, give us a reception report, pretty much anything, feedback, topic suggestions, blah, blah. Um, we have been on a conspiracy kick yep. because that's what most of our uh, listeners have wanted. Should we just turn our show into a conspiracy show? I don't know cuz I'm starting to uh I'm starting to wane on this whole conspiracy thing. Hmm, okay. You know, you talk about something for so long and you think you're making progress, but I think that's just the nature of the conspiracy world that you never do. No, you don't. It's it's, it's ever changing, if you will, very dynamic. Very dynamic and unprecedented. Unprecedented <laughs> is the word. Um so mm. yeah, Duck Tour, that guy, he was like a dark web deep web guru yeah. who reached out to us and provided a said he could provide us services. Right. Don't we, know what that means. We don't know. We've inquired, but uh, I'm sure he's a busy guy. He did say last time that he uh, ghosted me for a couple days after I asked some initial questions. He was busy. So, I mean, he does have a life outside of the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> and so emailing I mean, us a, at the weekly guy. lab. So. All right. You know. So that's that. It happens. Um, anyway, we are maybe wrapping up our conspiracy side here. Um, and there's one important one that I've been wanting to discuss for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually coming up on the anniversary mm. of the event, and that is Malaysian Flight 370 that disappeared. March 8th, right? Uh, yeah, March 8th, 2014. So oh. that was almost seven years ago. Jeez. And, and, and they still have not cracked the case. Yeah. And there was updates as recent as October last year. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, so six years later, and they're still finding things out about this flight. So, um, yeah. Why, so why don't you give me a refresher, as well as our listeners, maybe an inside um, snapshot as to what happened? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, has this ever happened in history besides this one flight? Well, I mean, there's planes that have disappeared that nobody's ever found out what happened to them, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as a car, a, uh, a passenger plane at a major airline going missing with today's technology or technology of seven years ago mm-hmm. and them not having anything to go off of, no, that's, um, as you would say, unprecedented. Right. Even though you just said that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the gist of this, this is the story behind it. Um, it was a Boeing 777 mm-hmm. operated by Malaysian Airlines and it took off from Kuala Lumpur. Okay. In Malaysia, and it was bound for Beijing, I believe. Yep. Um, so a passenger jet loaded with over 200 people, um, and it never showed up. Hmm. The next morning, it was supposed to have been landing in Beijing, China. Never showed up. Hmm. So after doing a little bit of research, the uh, you know the search parties went out. They found an oil slick in the South China Sea, I believe it was. Um, maybe a little bit backwards on my geography. Maybe that's not exactly where it was. I think it was south of Vietnam, between Vietnam and Malaysia, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, turned out it was completely unrelated, and nobody knew what happened to this plane. So you have a Boeing 777 flying around with enough fuel to make it, you know, to Beijing. I think it was supposed to be like an eight-hour flight or something like that. Yeah, so that would be no problem for a 777, right? Yeah, no like. problem, as long as it has the, uh, the fuel on board. Hmm. So... As you said, though, even just as recently as a couple months ago, like new things are still coming out about this. 
Yeah. And what made it interesting at the time was nobody knew where it went. It was equipped with these uh, satellite um, satellite communication systems that mm-hmm. it, the once the transponder was shut off and air traffic control could no longer see it, they were still getting radar hits on it. You can't make a plane invisible unless it's stealth, you know, with radar. Right. Um, and so the Malaysian government came out at a military base a few days later and was like, yeah, we were tracking that dude. And he completely deviated from his flight path and went out to sea. So people think maybe he crashed right there. Mm-hmm. However, um, there's a company out of, uh, I think it's the United Kingdom, that has the um, the satellite uh, communication stuff that was on board the aircraft. And they said that the their satellites continued to get data for several hours after the plane lost contact. Mm-hmm. Which suggests that the plane continued to fly. Right, because why would they be getting pings like that if it wasn't? Right. But why would they do that either? Why would they what? Just fly around instead of going to their destination. Well, I don't know. That's what the whole conspiracy is yeah what (laughs) you look real confused (laughs) no i'm just trying to get clarifying info like i'm just thinking like why would they do that if there wasn't something weird going on well we don't know if there was or not some people think that uh i mean there's all sorts of conspiracies all sorts of theories all sorts of we'll get into some of them well um you know, a big one is what if um, they had, like, a fire on board and incapacitated the crew? That was one that they said because apparently it was loaded with all sorts of lithium batteries in the cargo hold. So they think maybe it was hmm. toxic fumes that got to the crew. Kay. Now, the problem with that is if a fire was on board, what's the chances that the aircraft would remain intact that long in order to fly for several hours? I mean, I'm no plane expert, but to have something... Because I feel like, I mean, batteries are pretty corrosive and flammable and stuff once they start to break down. So I would feel like there's no way, unless it was a special aircraft to protect against things like that because it knew it was hauling that kind of material. No. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, no. I don't think it would have lasted seven hours, like they said it was flying around. Yeah, or however long it was. Um, The most interesting thing to me is that this plane went missing as soon as it got handed off from air traffic control mm-hmm. to talk to a next controller. Yeah, I have it right here. 39 minutes. 39 minutes after they de- departed? After takeoff. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, the plane took off. The first person that the pilot talks to is um, somebody on the ground that gives them their clearance. You know, this is the route you're going to be flying, blah, blah, blah. Then they talk to the ground controller who gives them directions out to the taxiway, to the runway. They switch over to the tower, mm-hmm. who clears them for takeoff, and then they hand them off to a, to a, a departure controller, okay? Okay. And this may seem like it's irrelevant. However, the departure controller basically helps the plane navigate outside of the busy airspace. And once that happens, they hand them off to a center, which mm-hmm. monitors, you know, big, big airspace. So, the time that the plane went missing, or they lost contact, was between the exchanges of controllers. So the air traffic control says Malaysia Flight 370 contact the next controller and gives them the frequency. Yeah. And they say, okay, good night. Mm-hmm. And then they never contact the next controller. Hmm. So while they're in that fuzzy space of along the borders of where that airspace buds up next to each other, the departure controller, in his mind, he already handed the plane off. So as far as he's he concerned, good. I've washed my hands. I'm done with Malaysian 370. Who's coming next? Yeah. The next guy over, I think they handed him off to uh, Ho Chi Minh... Um, 
Ho Chi Minh control, or maybe I'm saying that uh, it's somewhere in Vietnam. I can't remember my history here. Ho Chi Minh, yeah, I think that was it. They, um, the Ho Chi Minh controller, I'm just going to say Vietnam controller in case it wasn't that exact Yeah, city. okay, okay. All right. Um, the Vietnam controller is now waiting for Malaysia to contact him. He's yeah. like, all right, I got him. Any minute, he should be contacting me. And he's doing other stuff. He, right. ne- he never gets contacted. Hmm. You know, but he has he he knows that this plane is supposed to come through his airspace. Right. Whether or not he sees him on radar, you know, who knows. Yeah. Um. But at that moment, whenever one controller let go, the other controller is anticipating to be contacted. That's when the flight goes goes gone. It's disappeared. Hmm. So I feel like that's ironic timing. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that is too spot on between mm-hmm. communications. Like you you completely finish communications with one. And you never contact the next. Right. So if you're gonna do something, now's the time because nobody's actively monitoring you. Right. And I don't know the geography in that immediate area, but thirty nine minutes on a big passenger plane, like you don't make it very far. Yeah. Thirty nine minutes. So if you were to crash, you'd be probably in a populated area where people would be like, Oh God, like mm. this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was over water of course. Um so I mean but, but there's been plenty of aircraft that have gone missing over water. Yeah. Especially, and I hate to say it, especially over in that area. Yeah. Here recently, especially with the Boeing 737 MAX problems that they've been having and whatnot. Hmm. But the radar, the radar um, uh, data shows that the plane made a turn and then it set a course for basically the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on that? I honestly can't put the pieces together without it sounding extremely sketchy, like something weird happened, which I have a list of conspiracies, like yeah. the most latest one since November of last year. Oh, uh, excuse me. But Oh, is this subject boring? No, yet? not at all, because I just I just can't put the pieces together to make sense without something very off about it. Okay. You know what I mean? So like initially, you know, my thoughts are, okay, if there's a if there's a reasonable explanation. Mm-hmm. Okay, the plane never contacted the next person and they made a hard turn. Mm-hmm. An emergency happened on board. Mm-hmm. So instead of focusing on the radio, the dude's worried about flying the plane. He makes a left turn to circle back to the airport where he just took off. Yeah. That sounds reasonable, right? Right. Okay. I would say so. So he never contacted Vietnam and he's already been handed off by uh Malaysia controllers. Mm-hmm. He makes a hard left turn. He'll worry about the radio later. He's got to find. He's got to find a place to sit it down. Mm-hmm. Now, what emergency could have happened? I don't know. Yeah. Um. But then, for all the communication equipment to get systematically shut down, like the transponder shut down, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just. Yeah, it's and just then maybe too, an electrical issue. But, but like then, you said, there's there's no way that if he. Like, okay, let's turn around because he never went to that, uh, the Vietnam airspace or whatever. Like, they never picked him up on radar, I'm assuming. Mm. Like, they didn't see him coming. If something like that happened and you were looking for a spot to set it down, why was it getting pinged off military radar for seven hours? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that guy would have been well within the airport that he just left 40 minutes ago to land. And that's the other thing. People that are trying to avoid the conspiracy side of things say that maybe like the crew became incapacitated at that time, which would yeah. be something like the toxic smoke. Yeah. Or um, they had a complete radio system failure, whatever it was. Um, rapid decompression, maybe. Yeah. Something. No idea. Yeah, I read something about the fact that maybe the pilot was on a break and the co-pilot took over and he was like going to the bathroom or something and then the decompression happened or the oxygen levels changed and they said the way that if the oxygen went out and the decompression happened it would be like 15 minutes for those people to pass away Mm. and then 
the co-pilot being in the cabin would have been spared for a little bit because of the way that the planes laid out and it sealed off and everything. They were saying that maybe he stayed alive for a while and didn't like understand what was happening back there because he was flying. I don't know. Hmm. That's just one conspiracy when it comes to like the decompression and the oxygen loss and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. But they apparently like they put out a lot of searches and it wasn't until like April it says April 28th the search is called off after 52 days yeah. of searching like over a million square miles. Um and then even January 2017 so it was 3 years after almost. Um they did an underwater search and cuz they said it was like their their theory is they went down within a thousand miles of like last contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did an underwater search of more than 46,000 square miles of the Indian ocean floor, but failed to locate any wreckage at all. Weird. And then October, 2020 plane debris found on an Australian beach sparked theory that it came from the missing Malaysian flight. Yeah. So that was just last year. And I've also heard that, um, I think it was like parts of Madagascar, Southern Africa, mm-hmm. um, pieces of the aircraft have washed up and they verified it by serial numbers. Yeah. I mean, when it came to, there's some pictures in here, and I don't know if it's of the actual piece of the wreckage that came out, but, like, that's so corroded after sitting in mm-hmm. seawater and yeah. stuff. Like, you can't, mm. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's probably, like, markings or, like, the way that it was manufactured that you could possibly tell. Oh, yeah, I mean, Boeing would know if it's part of a 777 or whatnot. Yeah. Um, But then it's, the uh, the other big question is, some people think that, Somebody flew it all the way to the surface, mm-hmm. and that's why there was no big debris field. Like it the landed surface in, of the ocean? It landed intact. Okay, of, Sully. Yeah, kind of like Sully did, <laughs> and then it just sank that way. Mm. So, therefore, there wasn't a big um, big debris field, you know? Yeah. However, that would require someone to be alive for that long to do it, and the entire rest of the aircraft to basically be incapacitated. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? Do you decompress the rest of the cabin and then you hog the oxygen yourself like i don't know how the whole o2 system ties in with all that if that's even possible yeah i don't know um so i don't know how someone could stay alive to do that um i think that if the plane wouldn't have been controlled into the surface that you would have a large um a large debris field yeah i remember uh air france 447 that crashed off the coast of brazil um back in I don't even know, 2009 maybe? Maybe it was a little bit before that. Somewhere. It was recent. Um, recent. Wow. That shows my age. It <laughs> 2009. Was, it, it, was, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Air France, they crashed in the Atlantic, and there was a large debris field. And mm-hmm. I mean, stuff was floating. Right. You know, and they also found the stuff at the bottom. So. Yeah, and I was going to say, the thing with, like, accidents that happen in water is you have to think of currents and the way things wash up on shore. Yep. They usually get taken to a specific spot. Like there was a place in San Francisco, one side of an island that was known for just being covered in trash because the way the San Francisco Bay is, mm-hmm. it washes all up over on that island due to the current. If it's not like scraped out of the water ahead of time, essentially all the trash from San Francisco Bay ends up on that island. So you think if it crashed and caused any type of debris, there would be a way to figure out the currents and stuff and like, okay, if it crashed here let's say it would wash up over here well yeah and they've kind of done that with the whole reverse tracking of the pieces that they have found yeah it's just it's so strange that it's led them to nothing right which is where the conspiracies come in because isn't it mostly with planes they find that black box which is like the gps and everything like that's one thing that normally data recorder yeah like stays intact so that they can find out what happened and i know that they were saying something um i didn't read the whole like history of it there was it was making erratic turns 
or the, something. Uh, the the flight. Yeah. Yeah. Like I did it see was that. just it was just being weird mm-hmm. in general. So I feel like n- like you asked my opinion. Like none of it adds up yeah. to me. So um, do you want to get into some of these conspiracies? Yeah, let's see what the conspiracies are because I think some of them are pretty goofy that we can debunk right away, even though we're not experts. Like I think one was uh, it got sucked into a black hole. That's what I was thinking. Like it got sucked into an alternate universe or something. Like it was just you know the Bermuda Triangle, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Maybe there's one over there. Who knows? Um, Here's one that you could probably debunk. Vladimir Putin had something to do with it. See, that's the other thing. Russia, initially. Yeah. Right. Um, So, I know that uh, that satellite company, whenever they released the data that shows the sweeps of where it was, it was either going to be up in Russia or it was going to be down south Mm -hmm. in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Um, Just kind of based on, I don't know, the... uh, the transmissions and all that type of stuff. Right. So they pretty much ruled out that it didn't land somewhere up there in Russia based on the satellite. Yeah. Um, or I'm sorry, the uh, radar information that the military had. Yeah. Well, they're saying that Vladimir Putin uh, hijacked the plane. That and actually, hijacked. they said um, he spoofed the plane's accident and uh, the navigation data so it could fly unnoticed into, I don't even know how to say this, uh, Cosmodrome, Baikonur. Cosmodrome so that he could, quote, hurt the West. Hmm. I, I just don't see that adding up. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's a lot of things that people point to Vladimir Putin, and it's just so random. Like, he's one guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that n- none of these are possible. But um, another one is a U.S. shootout. So some French ex-airline director um, accused the U.S. military of shooting down the plane because they feared it had been hijacked. But Based there was, on what, though? That's what I was going to say. There was no radio comms or anything that, like, would be suspicious. So, um, apparently there was a book that came out, Flight MH370, The Mystery, also suggested that it had been shot down accidentally by U.S. and Thai joint jet fighters during a military exercise, and the incident was covered up. Hmm. I mean, the military has done some covering up of accidents and things like that, but that's wow. a pretty big one to stage. And if it was shot down, there would have been so much debris then how would they ever recover all the pieces of debris from a plane that big to cover it up? Yeah. That would be a stretch. Um, and if that was the case, how would the satellite uh, continue to ping, ping for several, several hours after? That's yeah, the other did thing. they, like, tell the pilots, like, hey, we're accidentally going to shoot you down. Like, you know what I mean? Just drive around for seven hours. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you could, there's no way, in my mind. Like I said, I'm not an aviation expert, but yeah. my gut's telling me no. Um some people think it's fl- it has been flown to a secret location. I've heard about that. And it's just off the radar. Um, a historian and writer, Norman Davies, uh, suggested MH Flight 370 could have been remotely hacked and flown to a secret location as a result of sensitive material being carried on board the jet. And I heard there was a last-minute addition to the cargo. I heard about that. And it was, like, unidentified. Yeah. So there was, like, something suspect in the cargo. So either it was somebody who wanted that material or the person who put it there wanted it placed over here but then okay you flow it you fly it to a secret location you're telling me all 200 people on board didn't contact their families who knows what happened to them. if big if this were true but i also know on that subject that there was what three iranians that were on the flight with stolen passports mm-hmm. so you know. i mean there's a lot of sketchy stuff that like i said there's a lot of things that don't add up um but that's what it like people were saying it's the next one is stowaway an engineer claimed a mysterious load was added to the flight list after takeoff Sparking theories that there was a stowaway. Aviation security expert um, Tim Termini told Channel 5's flight program that a stowaway is one of the possible hijacking scenarios. Hmm. So there was somebody added with the cargo. An unidentified person. I don't know. Um, 
the theory about the oxygen, they're they're calling it a ghost plane, but they were saying the plane's cabin suffered a sudden decompression. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talked about this is where it came into play, where if the um, the actual pilot had been on break, the co-pilot took over, and then he might have been the only one alive for X amount of hours or whatever. Um, here's one. The pilots planned the incident. So, yeah, that's the other thing. I know the... Um the people investigating it went to that pilot's house, and he had a flight simulator at his house. You have a flight simulator at your house. I do. And they <laughs> looked through his files, and yeah. they actually found that a that route flight? a route had been loaded into his flight simulator, and he had like played his game mm-hmm. and did exactly what that flight did that night with the really? whole radar coverage and all that stuff. He oh, that's weird. Aimed it out over the Pacific or over the Indian Ocean, and was like headed towards. Diego Garcia, which is like the only place out there. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, so the authorities recovered that from his hard drive on his computer. Basically what MH370 ended up doing, he Mm -hmm. had done on his flight simulator. That's weird. Uh, I mean, that that to me kind of points in that direction because they were saying um, the Australian Prime Minister, for some reason, unexpectedly said it was likely that the captain planned this shocking event. He claimed the pilot wanted to, quote, create the world's biggest mystery. Yeah. But I mean, like, why? I don't know. Um, another theory claimed that the pilot hijacked his own plane in protest of the jailing of then Malaysian opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim, hmm. and as a way to destabilize the corrupt government. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that they had a lot of problems shortly after this because not long later, I think it was uh, uh, MH17 was uh, shot down over Ukraine, hmm. and then. The whole Malaysian airline industry kind of suffered a Tank. huge, yeah, huge issue there. So I mean, I don't know, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Um, this one is called a far-fetched idea. Said the pilot deliberately crashed the plane to cover his track as he had parachuted out of the plane so he could spend the rest of his life with his girlfriend who was waiting on a boat nearby. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I feel like the with, and that's one of the things they were talking about how with technology these days, mm-hmm. because they're still finding evidence as of October, November last year. How have we not found anything? Yeah. So I mean, the whole black hole idea sounds pretty good. <laughs> Alternate universe. I don't know. Um, here's the next one. North Korea took the plane. So I've also heard that it could have been remotely hijacked. Um, Is that possible? Somebody has demonstrated the ability to do it before. Mm. Not a lot of people have covered the topic because obviously they don't want to encourage others to try it. Well, yeah. Um, Glorify it. So people are like, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, But again, it's like, why that plane? What does it have on it that, like, pick that one out of any of the other thousands that are flying around, like, you know. Maybe it's that suspicious cargo that was added. That's what I'm saying. Like, if somebody found out about that or it was their own suspicious cargo... But I don't know how you jump through hoops on a foreign airline because Malaysian flights aren't connected to North Korea. So you went through all the trouble of getting your stuff loaded up in Kuala Lumpur, right? Yeah. That's where they were. To fly it to, quote, Beijing and then intercept it. Like, I just feel like the whole roundabout way of doing that if you were North Korea. Well, North Korea also doesn't really have flights to anywhere except for China. So they Um, have to use other resources. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't, I mean, they control all their people. So, I mean, I think maybe Russia has uh, a flight into North Korea. But other than that, it's um, almost certain that it's only China hmm. that flies there. Um, You know Snowden, right? Yeah. Um, 
One, le one theory links the disappearance of the plane to Edward Snowden's revelations about the extent of U.S. surveillance in 2013. Hmm. So it involves the fact that on board the plane were 20 employees of a company called Free Freescale Semiconductor, which the Snowden documents suggested could have helped the National Security Agency to develop technologies used in surveillance. So they think those people on board might have had something to do with it. But as far as surveillance goes, what good would that do? You know what I mean? I have no idea. I don't know what to make by that either. Um, and there's... We'll finish this last one up and then you can give your, your thoughts. Crashed in the Cambodi Cambodian jungle. Um, no, I think we can pretty much rule that out based on the fact that uh, debris has washed up in Africa and Australia. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't know much about the Cambodian jungle, but I feel like you could get in there and take a look and be easily able to find it or not maybe not i don't know so what do you think happened um, if you had to pinpoint like one actual theory that is most likely what do you think happened most likely what i think happened is they had an issue um shortly after departure and i think maybe the timing is just extremely a, coincidental yeah a massive coincidence that it happened between controllers yeah um and for all I know, too, the uh, the frequency could have been wrong. So the guy is told to contact him on this. He plugs in the wrong frequency. He's trying, maybe. He d he heard it wrong. Mm -hmm. He plugged it in. He Maybe he did call for help. Yeah. Um, and and nobody heard him. They decided that, hey, we're going to turn back and do this. Something incapacitated them, too. And um, maybe they were rerouting their uh, their flight in the... Uh, in the GPS on the computer on board to get them to the nearest destination, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, they thumbed through the pages of it real quick, just hit random waypoints or something to get it to the next screen. Who knows? And that's where it ended up. Hmm. I don't know. After your story about the flight simulator at the pilot's house, I feel like he did it. Yeah, but I've done a lot of stupid stuff on my flight simulator, too. Yeah, but to have it be so similar... Yeah. Like if you went to your flying lesson earlier and something happened and then I looked at your flight simulator and it was exactly what happened, I would be like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's too coincidental to ignore in my mind. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I just feel like, I, I mean, I don't, I can't get in everybody's headspace, but like, why would you want to crash a plane that you're on and like end your life just to create the biggest mystery? I don't know where their headspace was at, but that, I mean, that seems weird in itself. Yeah. So, I don't know. All I know is it's been going on for, what, eight years now? Yeah. Um, Who knows? Maybe in eight more years we'll solve it and we'll come back and do a seven recap. Years. Seven years. Yeah. Um, the weekly lab crazy. at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts in an email and we'll get them on here. Yeah. Um, and then send us a topic for our next show because uh, I think, I'm hoping that'll wrap up our conspiracy unless we You're get hoping? like a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we can change, uh, change tunes here and shift into something else. So yeah. uh, let us know what your thoughts are. <laughs>